0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes and help us promote the podcast and also subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the Financial fun, begin. One of the questions I've gotten more than probably any question over the years is, how do I teach my kids about money? And where that question comes from usually is that people feel like, gosh, you know what, I wish somebody would taught me this stuff when I was a kid or when I was younger so I could have started following good financial principles early on. I think for a lot of people, they do wish that they were in a different place and just kind of understand the implications of, gosh, had I started five years earlier or 10 years earlier, or if I had not taken out student loans and been able to start investing money earlier on, what that would have made a difference in their life. And that's often a question I get is how do I start teaching my kids about money and, and when, you know, what kind of, what are the details around that? And usually that comes from a place of people not feeling like they had the best instruction as a kid. And that's not to beat up on their parents necessarily. I was lucky. I had actually really good examples. My mom and dad taught me about money early on. And a couple of different lessons that I always will remember from early, early on is my dad teaching me that you don't borrow money. You just don't borrow money. And if you do, pay it off as quickly as possible. Don't just borrow it and pay it out on the normal term, pay it off as quickly as you possibly can. And then for my mom is to invest in stocks and to invest part of your earnings, no matter what Your earnings are, even if it's a really small amount, take part of your earnings, put it away, use the money to buy stocks, buy their investments and start building up your wealth early on. So I was lucky in that I got some of those teachings at a very early age. But I think that I'm the exception from a lot of conversations, probably hundreds, if not thousands of conversations that I've had in the 20 plus years that I've been a financial advisor is that people just don't feel like they had a great example or maybe that they had a good example, but their parents didn't teach them anything about money. Uh, They just kind of observed what they were doing, but they didn't actually sit down and talk about any details. My response to this as far as how and when and everything about teaching the kids about money is three things today. And this is a two part series, by the way, we're going to talk about teaching kids about money in more detail as far as some of the mechanics next week. But this week, really high level, when do I start doing this? How do I start doing this? Where's my starting point? So, today we're going to talk about three principles early, often, and now. When do we start teaching kids about money? early as early as possible i think because they say that by the time we turn age 7 a lot of our our emotions our mindset and everything are kind of locked in at that point it's not to say that we can't change stuff i believe we can always change if we really want to change and are properly motivated but at the end of the day a lot of just who we are is formed in those first 7 years of life so it's important that we don't wait too long oftentimes people do wait until maybe their kids reach teenage or college to start talking about money I would argue that that's kind of too late. You really want to start as early as possible. In fact, Warren Buffett talked about this recently. He recommends that people do talk to their kids about money as early as possible. Even preschool age can understand basic financial principles about saving. Remember the piggy bank? Yeah, piggy banks still exist. And that was the whole principle that maybe your parents taught you that way. In that we take some of our money and we don't spend it. You know, clients often ask me, when's the best time to start teaching kids about money? Really, this is about creating habits and kind of locking in that mindset early on, again, is that we don't spend everything that we earn. When you think about really little kids, can they earn money? Yes, absolutely. You know, they're probably going to have some small chores when they first start out. I've got a one-year-old and we don't have her on chores yet. But it's not going to be long, and she's going to be doing things like feeding the dog and doing some very basic little chores. And are we going to pay her for that? Yes, absolutely. We're going to pay her for that, not because we need to pay her for that or because we can't do the work. Really, this is about creating habits and creating those habits as early on as possible so they don't know any different. That's just what we do. So it's important to instill the principle early on, because the number one thing that I can point to as far as when people are financially successful or not, in other words, kind of looking at outcomes when people are older, they've already kind of built up their wealth or not, you know, they're kind of got the financial situation that they've got at that point. That is the one thing that I can point to absolutely makes the biggest difference is people that lived below their means, they were the people that took some of that money then and they put it someplace reasonably smart. And I say that just because the principle of putting the money away someplace is the most important. Now, does it make a big difference where that money goes? Absolutely. But living below our means and taking some of that money, investing it in the future, hopefully, again, putting it someplace smart. If it's a long-term investment, probably real estate stock things like that that would have more growth potential it's important to really instill that principle early on that we don't spend all of our money but we also want to teach them about spending and about hey there's some power with the money that you're earning that some of it's for the future but some of it's for now too and so actually helping them understand the money and what it can do now and you know take them shopping take them so they can buy little things you know little toys and candy, you know, whatever it is they want to spend their money on. But that principle is that we don't spend all of it. We don't spend all of it. And the average American spends all of it. So we really want to nip that in the bud early on. So people just don't even think that way. So it's important to be talking about planning, talking about budgeting, saving for purchases, let's say that they want something that's a little bit bigger that they can't just use with their weekly allowance. And believe me, I've, I've got a couple of kids that like to have the money burn holes in their pockets, they want to spend right away. Uh, so sometimes these principles are, are kind of hard to, to knock into. You can't you know force anybody to do anything, right? So ultimately, we all have our own personalities. But it's important to understand that some of those longer term purchases, it's important to save up for. We don't want to go into debt. We don't want to borrow money, even if it's borrowing money from our parents or a friend or something like that. It's important to lock that in early on that. No, that's not what we do. We don't take that money and we don't uh, you know spend it all immediately. We actually will go ahead and save that money up so we have some money for those longer-term purchases. So taking part of the money, investing it for the future, taking part of our earnings to help other people, that's another factor there that we instill with our kids is that they take some of the money. And they give it to the church. That's a weekly thing that we end up looking at with them and their earnings is taking that money to help other people, people that are less fortunate than we are. We also support a few Compassion International kids, and we get involved with that. They they write letters back and forth, and we talk about how we're financially supporting those kids and that they wouldn't be able to go to the school that they go to and have a good education. These are kids in remote villages in Ecuador, and it's cool. We've actually sponsored them from several years. But teaching the kids about that as well, locking that in that, hey, we're really blessed financially and we're really blessed, period, to be living in this country. Uh, even our poorest people are better off than most of the people in the world. So let's try to help out other people because it's not just about us. It's also about making a contribution. So tools with this early thing, you know, starting out as early as possible, you can get them a piggy bank. You can open a bank account. You can also go out and use a service. We use Busy Kid that gives them a little debit card. And that debit card allows us to pay them their weekly allowance in the form of an account card and then they can take that money and online we go in and show them but they can take that money and decide how much they want to have in their spend account how much in their give account that's to give it away of course and then invest it for the future believe it or not they actually have the ability and this is not a commercial for busy kid i don't have any association with them other than being a customer but they actually let you go out and buy stock even so our kids have invested some of their money in stocks little itty bitty fractional shares of certain things but really right now it's a lot about the principle it's not a About the dollar amounts necessarily. It's about locking in those principles and keeping the conversation going. It's a lot more natural and comfortable if we talk about this stuff over time in an age-appropriate way. And really, these subjects can come up at very, very early ages. So I would say often is a good principle here that we want to be talking about money Often, they are watching us and listening to us, even when we don't think they are. Even when they're teenagers and they're tuned out, they're actually listening. They are actually listening and observing what we're doing. And observing is much more important than the listening, by the way. We can talk till we're blue in the face, but ultimately, they're going to watch what we do. We hope that they follow those principles when they grow up. So we need to be a good example first. Make sure we have our own financial house in order. And I do want to take a pause here because you know, a lot of people feel inadequate when it comes to talking about money. And that's why that financial conversation never comes up. If people never felt like they were taught well, or that they don't know enough, or maybe they're not comfortable with where they are financially. Maybe their own financial planning isn't in a good place. Maybe they don't have their own financial house in order, so they feel like they're not qualified to have that conversation with the kids. So it's important to recognize that wherever you are, you can still be a good example and you can be honest with them and just kind of show them what you're doing and maybe some mistakes that you've made. That's okay. I've made plenty of financial mistakes and I'm in this business. I'm a wealth management guy, right? Uh, I've made plenty of mistakes throughout my life and I can share that with my kids and I'll share that with you too. I, I'll readily you know, share some mistakes that I've made that I don't want you to make again. But ultimately, there are great programs through the schools. A lot of high schools now have a mandatory financial education component to graduate. There's also junior achievement. Many of those programs, they'll come out to the elementary schools, middle schools. I've had the opportunity to go out and speak on a number of occasions to all three, actually elementary, middle school, high school, in age appropriate ways, talking about money. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of times, you know, my kids' classes all end up coming in and talking about some money stuff. That's great. You know, it's good that there's that education component. There's all kinds of free stuff out there online, but it doesn't let us off the hook. Definitely what does not let us off the hook when it comes to talking about money and again being a good example so making money a safe topic of conversation this is really important Because typically, money is a taboo subject, just like sex, it's a taboo subject, people don't talk about it. You know, there's a few topics, right? Religion and sex and politics, and money, these are things that oftentimes are kind of kept in the dark, and people don't feel comfortable talking about them. They don't feel comfortable uh, having these conversations with folks, and maybe even their own kids. But making money a safe topic of conversation, and be willing to be vulnerable, be willing to share successes, and be willing to share failures, too. You've screwed up and so have I, right? When it comes to finances uh, and, and everything else, right? We all make mistakes all the time, but being comfortable with sharing those successes and failures will show the kids that you're human and that you don't want them to make the same mistakes, So that's a lot of why we do this podcast, by the way, the Wiser Financial Advisor, is that we learn from each other. We learn from past mistakes, successes, and so forth. So use that with kids. Use that with them as well. So if we don't teach them about money, somebody else will, by the way. And it could be themselves just making mistakes through trial and error, which is not fantastic because oftentimes whatever influences they have will not be teaching them things that you want them to learn necessarily. So think about who is a teenager most likely, to be influenced by well, at that point probably not the parents it's going to be their friends and if they haven't had some principles taught to them earlier on hopefully you know this is a good thing to do by the time they're teenagers because they may not be listening quite as much as you want them to at that point. So thinking about their friends being an influence and their friends may have been taught stuff that you don't want them to learn financially, going into debt to buy stuff instead of saving up, taking all your money and blowing it right away instead of saving it for the future. Maybe it's investing in things that you don't agree with. Maybe it's cryptocurrency or being really, really speculative with investments. You know, if they had been taught some of these principles, maybe they wouldn't be led down that path. Another big influence, of course, is advertisers, and we are inundated more than ever, right, with social media and everything that we consume online. There's advertisements constantly, and much of those are trying to get us to buy stuff, right? That's the whole point of advertising. That can be addictive. Buying stuff online can be addictive. Buying Amazon stuff, when you have that immediate gratification, sometimes in northern Colorado here, we will sometimes get stuff the same day. The advertisers will definitely be there and be willing to fill that void if you haven't talked to your kids about money. And then, you know, the third thing is banks. And banks and credit unions and, you know, student loan organizations, credit card companies, these are all institutions that make money based off of you buying stuff and borrowing to get it. And again, that's not necessarily a great influence to encourage a kid, especially, you know, a kid that's going into a time period where they're going to start to be able to make these decisions once they reach an adult. I've met with people, again, thousands of people over the years, and usually the thing that ends up tripping people up more than anything early on is getting into debt and believing that we should just finance our lifestyle, finance our college, finance a vehicle that we probably shouldn't be buying that early on. There's all kinds of stuff that we could be buying, and oftentimes people want to emulate their parents' lifestyle after their parents built up their wealth over 20, 30, 40 years. They want to be able to live in the same type of house, drive the same type of car, And go on the same types of vacations. If they do that, unless they start out with a really good paying job, and I hope they do, that would be great. But unless they start out with a really high income, it's not likely that they're going to be able to have that same lifestyle without going into some serious debt. So just understand that their influences here talking about money often will help combat the bombardment that they're going to get from other people, whether it's friends, advertisers, banks, even the government uh, oftentimes is encouraging people to borrow money. And that's why we're in the student loan crisis that we're in, because I remember it even when I was a college student, and this is dating myself a little bit, but I remember getting the letter from the government saying how much money I could borrow in student loans. And I was fortunate that my parents covered part of my education, but I was also responsible for a portion of that. Yet they were telling me that I could borrow massive amounts of money with zero interest deferred and all this stuff. And I had a lot of classmates that they were seduced by that and they'd say, Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you borrow the money if you don't have to pay interest? You don't have to pay it back until after you graduate. So it's just like free money. I know so many people who did that. They got themselves in trouble and they went into their early working career with tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt that is a big hole to dig out of and we don't want our kids to be influenced by that so recognize again if we don't teach our kids about money somebody else will and then finally now it's important to talk to the kids about money now and i say the kids kind of generically uh, a lot of you probably have kids and so you're trying to figure out how to teach them but you could be a grandparent it could be that you're a teacher it could be that you are maybe uh, it's your kids' friends that are coming over. Maybe you're the house that they hang out at, and you end up being a big influence in their life, especially with teenagers. That often can be the case because they're going in hanging out with their friends someplace. You could be a great example to them, even, especially if you know they don't have it at home. You could be the one that actually gets them started on the right foot and instill some of those principles early on oftentimes even young adults will have some influence from people that they interact with at the university level or maybe even in their career. It could be that you are actually mentoring some of the younger employees at the company that you work at, or maybe you're a manager or a business owner. So you actually may end up being that mentor. Whole point here is that you may have a position of influence, and it may not just be your own kids. It could be some other people as well. So next week, we are going to talk about much more of the mechanics and the principles, the actual things to be doing with kids as far as money, not just talking about it, but what actions to be taking, and specifically what things to be teaching them from an early age and also into their teenage and college years. I hope this is helpful today. I hope you have a wonderful week and God bless. The opinions voiced in the Wiser Financial Advisor show with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services, an SEC registered investment advisor.